back to the Desert Springs Church podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew. I'm the music pastor here. My name is Chase. I'm the minister of theological training. Nailed it. And we are joined for the first time by our newest lay elder, Randy Pierce. Randy, thanks for making the time, brother. Oh, thanks for having me. What does it mean to be a lay elder? That's not what this episode is about, but I just I just thought I would throw that at you. I thanks. What does thanks it mean to lot. you to be a lay elder? <laughs> I kind of like the term non-staff elder. Okay. We don't really see either non-staff or lay in the Bible. Uh, those words used in that way. Um, so, so you're an elder, but you are non-staff. You're not paid by the church. It's not your full-time job in that way. But you're an elder, just like every other elder in the church. Yeah. I think that's the important part. You're an elder just like the others. Equal like elders. Others. Right. Not minor league elder. We'll do another episode on lay elders. This, yeah, ep- this, yeah, yeah. this week is about discipleship. <laughs> <laughs> and in no small part because, Randy, you uh, are such a – well, you're a faithful disciple of Christ. You're a prolific discipler of others. Um, and so when we were considering you for eldership – that was a big part of it. We're like, this guy is a model for discipling others. That's what you want to see in an elder. So, this week's episode is on discipleship, what it is, how it works, how we can encourage our people in this work mm. of discipleship. So, let's get started with uh, the first question, uh, kind of a broad question, so you can zero in on it for us, Randy, but what is discipleship and why should we want to be involved in it? I think kind of our perspective today is discipleship is, well, yeah, it's kind of like a, a piece of furniture in the room, or mm. it's uh, a piece of luggage you carry on your mission trip, when in fact, discipleship is really not just, it's, it's uh, not just a piece of furniture in your room, it's like your whole house. Mm. It's your whole house. <laughs> it's not just the luggage you carry on your mission trip, it's the whole mission trip. Discipleship is your whole life. It's your job. It's your calling. It's your mission in life. Uh, Jesus, Matthew 28, go, go, go and make disciples. Hmm. That's that's pretty important, what he said. Yeah, and it might be helpful to even step back, you know, if somebody's here and not familiar with the Christian faith and they even hear the word disciple or discipleship, what does that really mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, in uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, where Jesus Jesus stops by the Sea of Galilee. He sees two men fishing, uh, Peter and his brother Andrew, and he says simply, hey, <laughs> come and follow me. Mm, yeah. Mm. And what do they do? They drop everything and follow him. Yeah. It, it's like they, they left their livelihoods. Mm. They just dropped everything. And so I think discipleship, it's not some six-month training program that you take. Mm. It's you're willing to put everything aside to follow Christ, to to listen to Him, to read His Word, to understand what He's saying, mm. to obey Him. Mm. That's your whole life. Yeah, to become a, a follower of Jesus or a student of Jesus, I think is mm. probably the cl- Close, closest, most literal translation of the word disciple is to be a student of a teacher, but uh, it never stops. It's not, it's not a course that you finish. Um, and Randy, I love the way that you're talking about 
discipleship as kind of being the whole of the Christian life is that sort of helps us think about what does it mean to help someone else be a disciple of Jesus, to, to grow in their following of Jesus, which I think is what discipleship is in a way, in that active sense. Yeah, that's good because you are, in discipling another person, you're actually showing them what it means to do that. Hmm. You're, you're, you're living out the Christian life in front of them. Hmm. Imitation's a big part of discipleship. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like Paul saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ, you know, that, that we're kind of these, uh, I think of like the cutoff man in baseball, you mm-hmm. know, we're the kind of the one that's standing in between, but we're helping everybody go in the same direction, but some people are a little farther ahead than others, but it's all the same objective. We're all trying to be disciples of Jesus. Yeah, and it's pretty heavy when you think of yourself in this way that, oh, I want people to imitate me. Mm. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, that puts a little bit of a burden, right, yeah. on you? But yeah. it's a good burden. Mm. It's a good burden. Yeah. yeah. I like your definition that you have in here, uh, Randy. So you can you can quote that for us here in a second. But I'm just thinking in terms of every believer is a disciple of Christ. We're a follower of Christ, um, and we should be following after Christ. And that, uh, because you can't you can't lead someone else where where you're not going, right? So we must first be following Christ, and then to disciple others in terms of um, discipling one another. Um, I really like your definition. So, uh, yeah, you go ahead and read that for us and tell us how you kind of came up with that definition. Yeah, I, I <clears throat> you asked me what what is a discipleship, I, and I, I put a discipleship is the structured, intentional relationship that allows you and another person to connect intimately, to be accountable to each other, to love God, to think deeply about God's word, and and so I say structured. We don't like that word, first of all. Mm. Oh, it's like ah, uh, I want to be more spontaneous. But unless we're intentional and structured, unless we plan things out, unless we schedule things out, dare I use the word project? Mm. 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 Unless we do that, then you know what happens. Yeah, weeks go by, months go by, and one day you think to yourself, "What happened to that guy?" Mm. I wanted to get with him. You never planned it out. You have to structure. It has to be intentional. Right. You have to plan it. It's like any other spiritual discipline um, or a lot of our other spiritual disciplines, even like a daily Bible reading and prayer. Um, if you just lean on it being always spontaneous or when you feel like it, um, you won't be as consistent as you should be. And these are things that we should be doing regularly, uh, whether we feel like it or not. Uh, so I I love that idea of having a structured and intentional uh, relationship and helping others to follow Jesus. But think about it. It's it, this is this is the opportunity to be accountable to each other. Now, oftentimes when mm, you know a guy gets with another guy in a discipling relationship, they talk about accountability in terms of you know we want to keep away from these certain sins. Right. Perhaps sexual sins or other sins. We want to keep away from them. But I think the better way to think about that is we want to be accountable to each other to love God mm. with all our hearts. That's right. And it's not that we don't pay attention to these sins, but we look at them as, well, really as obstacles to loving God. Mm. They're in the way. So we want to get past those obstacles. We want to love God with all our heart. Yeah, and that makes that relationship much more about our whole person 
than just this certain area of life that we're trying to deal with or or not. And so part of that accountability relationship is just really getting to know this other person on all kinds of levels and to know especially uh, where they are in terms of their love of God and even their understanding of what it means to love God through his word. And so in that process, yeah, these other things are going to come up, but it's about so much more than just addressing certain sins or, you know, accomplishing some some simple task. Yeah. Yeah, to get to know the whole person. Uh, that's that's important. We're not we're not just together to go over some book of the Bible, to mm. go over a Bible study. It's it's so that we can get to know each other. Yeah. And and often people people struggle in in knowing one another. People long to to have close deep relationships where somebody knows me. Somebody knows my deepest fears, my deepest problems, and yet they love me. Mm. So, Randy, you've kind of hinted at some of this, but I want to know, I know you wouldn't say that your way is the only way that discipleship has to happen, but I do know your way, uh, the way that you try to approach some of these intentional relationships, and I think it's just a great example. Um, So, as you try to disciple someone else, enter into this kind of discipleship relationship with somebody else, what does that look like? formally in in those structures that you're talking about how often are you meeting what are you doing when you're meeting let's talk about that ah uh, first of all i know every believer at heart really wants to know the word of god why because the spirit of god dwells in them mm. so that desire is there and so that gives me great confidence in approaching someone and saying hey you want to get together for coffee let's talk about this let's talk about this passage of the bible you brought up or Let's talk about, you mentioned a struggle you're having. Let's just get together for coffee. We do that, and then I say, hey, why don't we just meet next week? What? In fact, how would you like to meet regularly? We can, we can go through the Bible. I can, I can teach you how to read it correctly because, well, frankly, a lot of us just, I hate to say this, but a lot of us just don't know how to read the Bible. We, we read Bible verses, but not the Bible. Mm. And, and then show you what this is about, show you the content of the Bible, show you how it maps out, and and then just just be in each other's lives. Mm. You know what? That is really appealing to guys. So that's what we do. We get together. We we just talk about things in our lives. We talk about struggles. Uh, I know I've gotten together with you, Chase, mm-hmm. and we we're open about struggles. I, I struggle a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that good? It's so good. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. Just to know, hey, there's somebody that's that cares. And you know what this is like, don't you? You know that as soon as you mention your struggle, as soon as you mention it to someone, it's like there's this degree of freedom that mm-hmm. I have now. Mm-hmm. It's like the devil no longer has me by the tail. Even if, even without a reply from someone, that you share it with, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's this freedom. Yeah. It's wonderful, isn't it? No, it's so. It really is. It's um, you know, God's word is described as a light. You know, it shines light, and that's some of what we're trying to accomplish when we sit down with somebody to study the word with them is to just let that light shine into all of the dark places in our heart. But there are some places that we want to keep hidden, and instead to bring that out into that light. And so I, you know, I love with your approach, it is really built around the word. You know, it's not built around, let me just come and kind of talk about what I'm feeling or, right. you know, that's part of it. But but you start with the word and you kind of let the word be the thing that brings out 
these other areas that we need to be talking about in that time. Yeah, it has, it has to be the Word, because the Word of God is our life, it is our life, and it, it, it's where we're going to see transformation by the Holy Spirit. It has to be the Word of God. So, this is interesting, as, you know, we, we dive deep into the Word. I, I've spent 18 months or maybe two years with some guys just going through the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And it's about 20 verses every time, you know? You're not going fast. It's, it's slow and deep. It could be, but it's, it's delicious. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I, there are many, so many times I'm tempted to think, oh, these guys are getting tired of this. But, but, but all the time I get this. This is so good. I really enjoy it. You know what? People really do enjoy, and they get a lot of satisfaction out of reading the Word and discovering things from themselves. There's tremendous de- satisfaction, and they want to keep coming back. Mm, yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned uh, yeah, the structure around the Word. That's why it's, it's so important to have some structure, uh, some intentionality to it, because I would argue that we are all disciplers and disciples constantly. We're kind of always either being discipled by something or someone you're, or discipling others. You're somebody's Paul and you're somebody's Timothy. Exactly. We're, we're leading and following all the time about different things. Um, so, how do we become intentional disciples of Christ? Through His Word, through intimacy with Him in His Word. And how do we become disciples and disciple one another? Through intimacy with uh, one another and through His Word. You mentioned prayer several times here in your outline. So, talk to us about the importance of prayer in terms of discipleship. Okay. L- let, me, let me back up, though, because, because um, you mentioned about my way of discipleship. I do want to say that, that everybody in the church can be involved in discipleship. Right. It's not just these one-on-ones, of course. I think we, we know that, of course. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Sunday message, the music on Sunday— Greeting people at the door, mm-hmm. that's part of it. The question is, are we intentional about it? Are we intentional about it? Are we praying about it? And so, I, I mean, before I, first, before I disciple my first guy, I remember praying for months, really for months, Lord, give me someone, mm. <laughs> give, me a, mm. give me a guy who really wants to know the Word of God. Give me someone who really wants to love the Word of God. That took months, mm. right? And when that finally happened, I knew, I knew that it was God that did it. And so, six years later, I'm still meeting with Tim on a regular basis. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's great. So, an encouragement to those listening could be, if you're not in a discipling relationship, uh, or at least not in one like what we're talking about, start praying. Pray for God to put somebody in your life that could disciple you and or pray for someone that you could start discipling, start helping follow Jesus better. Right. Yeah. And then the prayer doesn't stop there once you start meeting with them. The whole thing is infused with prayer. No, no. Yeah, yeah, no. It, it, because because you are with some guy like, you know, Chase or somebody like that, and you, and you keep saying the same thing over and over, and you <laughs> wonder, is this guy going to get it? Right? I keep and you, wondering. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> no, you, uh, you're, you, honestly, you're tempted to, to kind of skip, to kind of give up at times. You wonder, is this being effective? Mm. And, and what you have to keep doing is keep praying and keep, and keep trusting. Here's the big thing. You have to keep trusting 
that God will use his word as you, as you uh, minister that word to that person. You have to trust that God will use his word. Amen. Yeah, it's not, it's not ultimately up to us it's whether not. someone is discipled. Yeah, it's, it's God's word that is living and active. And, yeah. Yeah, and we have to measure discipleship. We can't measure discipleship in terms of weeks and months. You know, it's measured in years. Right. And sometimes when you're in that relationship, it, the same is true with evangelism. You know, we can share the gospel with somebody a couple of times and then think, well, it's not taken, so I'm just going to move on to somebody else instead of saying, no, I'm just going to commit this person's in my life. I'm going to do this for, for years and years, potentially, and just pray and trust God that it's not up to me to move the process along. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you have children. You you don't imagine you're going, how old is your oldest? She's four. Yeah, you, you don't imagine that someday you're just going to throw a book at her and say, hey, learn to read this, and then and then you're done, right? Yeah. N- no, it's going to take years and yeah. years and years. I have explained W to her over and over again, mm. and she just doesn't get it, you know? But I'm like, like, we already have trying. one U, why do we need W? That's right, it's just... <laughs> that's that's the good stuff right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, to maybe get into a few more nuts and bolts of of discipleship, how it happens, practical steps. Um, one one uh, kind of pithy structure that I that I've heard, and I can't remember who came up with this, but it's this idea of of imitation of discipleship. Is I do, you watch, and then we talk, and then the next step is I do, you help. And we talk, and then the next step is you do, I help, we talk. Right? You see the progression, and then eventually it gets to you do, someone else watches, and then you talk. So it's this, it's uh, reproducing disciples, but it, but it shows you kind of how it could start of just living life, and and having someone watch, and and just come alongside you in living life, um, and then you and then you t- you talk about it. So what are some other practical ways that, that Desert Springs Church members could could start this model of doing, watching, talking, and living together? I, I think we often are tempted to think that, oh, I, I'm supposed to disciple someone. That, ne- that means I need to know a lot. That means I need to study all these books about Philippians or mm-hmm. whatever, right, before I start. Well, no, no, it doesn't. It means that, number one, it means that you have a love for God's word. That's the first thing. You you really, I mean, how, it's kind. Of, if you think about it, it's kind of crazy to want to disciple someone if you if you're not really loving God's word yourself. It, if it doesn't, um, you know, fill your horizons. Uh, if 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 uh, you don't long to be in the word, and. and Honestly, there, there are times we struggle to be in God's Word, and so we should pray at those times. We should pray. We should let others know, hey, Chase, I'm struggling to be in the Word this week. Will you pray for me? Uh, but then— um, Yeah, we need each other. We need to encourage one another, spur one another on. Absolutely. Because yeah, we're not always going to have that, that flame uh, burning uh, desire to, for God's Word. Um, and if you don't desire God's Word, then— that might be a sign that you need to be discipled by somebody who does, and and then you can learn um, from that person yeah, how just, to desire God's word. I was just thinking that that uh, sometimes that if if you feel that 
lack of a desire to be in God's word. It might just be because you don't understand it. It mm-hmm. is. It's mm-hmm. hard to understand. Yeah. This. You know, it's it's a foreign culture, a foreign language. It's old, um, and that's what older, more mature, more knowledgeable saints are even for us. Just kind of help you see why is this so valuable? Why is this our life? Why is this to be cherished and loved? And so, yeah, if somebody's listening and they say, I don't feel that, to Drew's point, I think start praying for somebody to show you why you should love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then at some point when you when you feel confident, but you feel like, oh, I don't know enough to disciple someone else, I say, you know what? Just do it. Mm. There, there is mm. there is so much just to reading just to reading the Bible together. Just reading it together. I mean, think about this. You, a lot of us read the Bible in the morning. We read it, and not every day is perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not even for the best of us readers. And then at the end of the day, you ask yourself, "What did I read this morning?" Hmm, mm. I forget. But now think about this. What if you read that with someone else? That same thing. What if you read it out loud with somebody else and you just had a few comments mm. or even a few questions? Forget answers. Maybe they didn't answer anything. I'll bet at the end of the day, you remember that a whole lot more. So there's a whole lot just to be, just with being together. You might say to someone, hey, I don't know much about this Gospel of John, but what, what about we just meet for coffee and just read it together and we can just go from there. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it, wonderful. I mean, it's really good. Having the Holy Spirit is really the biggest requirement, you know, to, to yeah. engaging in discipleship. You know, that's what you said. That's what makes you a disciple. And then, yeah, to sit down. Um, and we always want to be growing. We want to, we talked about that in the sermon on Sunday about uh, building up ourselves in our most holy faith. Um, but yeah, if you just sit down with somebody else, you open it up. One method that we used to use uh, was to just read the Bible and read read a small portion together with somebody else. You guys can be at the exact same level and have very little knowledge of this, but just say, what did I learn about God from this? Mm-hmm. And what did I learn about myself in this? Yep. And what did I learn about the gospel, most yep. of all, from this? And then we would we would say both people or whoever, if it's a small group, Everybody just go around and summarize. If you're going to summarize that passage, just summarize it so you can articulate it in your own words and then finish with an application. And that's just a, a simple question. How does my life look different today because I read this? So if you just go through that, that's like five questions. Yep. You go through that with somebody else. That's a great Bible study. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you will push each other by just answering those questions and engaging with that text together like that. It doesn't have to be more, con- you didn't need a commentary, didn't need to go to seminary, don't need to know any of this other stuff. You just need the text and the Holy Spirit and another person. Yeah. 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 God, man, Christ response. Yeah. That's a, that's a good summary of that. And I use that with my kids. I think in our, in our family Bible times, I'll say, all right, kids, what does this verse, chapter, section teach us about God? What does it teach us about ourselves? And those are just, those are really simple uh, but useful tools in navigating the scriptures. And yeah, like you said, you don't need a seminary degree. You don't need to understand Greek. Uh, those are tools as well, but you don't need those things to sit across a table and read the Bible together. Yeah, and the great thing about that model, and Drew, to kind of your point about this this aim of multiplication in that, is you sit with somebody for a while, kind of using a simple Bible model, Bible Bible reading model like that, and then you tell them, okay, we've done this for a while. You know how to do this. Now you go do this with somebody else. Well, they can't argue and say, I don't know what to do. 
because it's this simple thing <laughs> that you've been doing. They've been doing it, yeah. and so they're in a position now to lead somebody else in that same. And they're going to be more confident to then go and do it because they've seen it done. Yeah, they've survived it. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. like this is fruitful. They've seen the fruit and the life from it, and then they want to carry that on to the next person. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, feel free to uh, to add anything else in here, Randy, but we can transition to resources, things that have helped you in thinking about discipleship and how we can, and then resources we would commend to others in uh, considering discipleship. Yeah, let me, yeah, let me just back up a little bit and say that, you know, uh, a lot of people are afraid to go into a, well, a Bible study or a discipleship time thinking, I don't have all the answers. When, now this is going to sound strange, but I think it's more important to have questions, to come out of a study with questions than with answers. Mm. That sounds weird, but here's, here's the thing. The more questions the ask, you ask of the text that you're studying, the more you are meditating on the text, mm. the more you are meditating on God's Word. And you're going to find that over time, as you keep asking questions and keep in the Word, you're going to find that God answers those questions. So it's more important to have the questions than to go looking for the answers. That's uh, good. As far as resources, though, I think, now, yeah, I know you're looking for books and stuff like that, but I think the best resource you can bring to the table is yourself. Hmm. <laughs> yourself, Aww. the incarnate you. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's good though. That's you specifically, Drew. You're the right. best resource I, for yeah. anybody. That's how I. That's how I interpreted that. Was yeah. I looking at you, Drew? I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, because people just they need they need that. People need connection. They need to see flesh and blood. And then, secondly, big resource is just a passion for God. Just, I, I, I mean, think about it. What do people in this life have a passion for? When they see that you have a passion for the Word of God. They want that. Mm. That's infectious. You may not know everything, but they see that you love God's Word. That it, That's far more important than being an expert on some commentary. Far mm. more important. And that should encourage all of us. That's good. Okay. I do, <laughs> I do have some books to recommend. I like uh, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Uh, that's uh, Gordon Fee and uh, I think Douglas Stewart. But but it's good because it, it, he emphasizes reading the Bible as a story, as story. Don't pay attention to those verse numbers. In fact, he, he doesn't like verse numbers. <laughs> That's wonderful. You tend to, so if we can begin reading the Bible as a story instead of a, just this collection of verses, it, beca- it just comes alive. Why does it come alive? Because we ourselves are living stories and we relate to stories. Mm. We don't relate yeah, to recipes, right? right? Mm. We don't right. relate to instructions. Robots relate to instructions, but <laughs> right. we're alive. Yes. That's good. Um, there's one-to-one, I think it's called one-to-one Bible reading by David Helm. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of what we've been talking about, mm-hmm. just reading the Bible together, encouraging us to do that. Um, another good resource, small book. Okay, here it is. It's from Nine Marks. <laughs> it's called Discipling. Yeah. Fancy title, as usual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... Solid book, yeah. short book, well worth it. That's by Mark Dever. Yeah. Mark Dever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who's another man that uh, is an expert discipler, you know, has just spent years and years engaging in this simple common grace of meeting with other people to build them up in the faith. Very much so. Yeah. Very yeah, much so. And, yeah. And thinking about 
you know, Mark Dever and yourself, Randy, just different men are going to have different capacities on on how many people they can disciple at once, how much your schedule is going to allow you to do. So if you're thinking, you're looking at your schedule and you're trying to think, how am I going to make this happen? You can you can start small and and just disciple, uh, be a disciple yourself and and disciple your family if you have a family. But if you're a single guy, look for an older man who can disciple you, yeah, and then maybe and then maybe a younger man that you can disciple, yeah, and just just start real small and then grow from there. Don't think that you've got to be disciple in discipling groups with everybody in your community group, which we didn't talk about community groups, but that's another great resource for discipleship, a natural on-ramp for these discipling relationships to take place. Exactly. Um, but start small. Yeah, and, you know, a couple of encourage, encouragements to that point. Um, you know, Randy, you said that really we should be in this for the long haul. You know, we should be in this for, uh, for yeah, as long as that commitment takes. But on the same side you know, some people are overwhelmed by the thought of a, a commitment that has no end to it. And so when you're trying to enter into these formal relationships, it might be helpful for you to, to say, go to an older person and say, can we just read this one book of the Bible? And when that's done, we can reevaluate because I know your time is valuable and seasons change. Um, and so just kind of having those regular points where, you know, because it can be easy where it feels like it's never going to end, then to just kind of let it drop off rather than, than keep at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I do that with guys. I'm, I'm mindful that, well, I'm retired, so I've got a lot more time. And so at the end of a book, a Genesis, I say, hey, what do you want to do now? Mm-hmm. Actually, every guy I've asked that question of, they said, let's keep going. So far, they keep coming <laughs> back, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they keep coming back. Well, we're not done with Genesis not yet. Not because so they see. love me, but because mm-hmm. they love the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, you know, another thought that I just had, um, you know, I remember when I was a young Christian, I kind of expected uh, an older man to just come up to me and, you know, kind of like in Kung Fu movies, you know, that they just wanted me to be their grasshopper and they'd bring me along and... Um, and for better or worse in the churches I was in, that didn't happen. And I realized at a certain point, I couldn't just wait for somebody else to come find me. I needed to go find somebody else. And so I found some older men that seemed like they knew what they were doing. And, and I just kind of got on their schedule, you know, I worked myself in and, and it was great, you know? So if somebody's listening to this, either way, if you're young, don't wait for somebody to ask you, just find somebody that looks like they know what they're doing. And if you're old, don't feel like you need somebody to come ask you first. You know, that's, there's a lot of young guys that are just waiting for you to notice that they need help. And mm-hmm. so either way, I think we should all just try to be more intentional in seeking these relationships out. Yeah, that's the first step of faith. You, you know you need to be discipled. What's it going to take? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go up to some guy and ask him. That will be a step of faith. But I, I tell you, there's a lot of guys, I think, that are waiting to disciple younger men. I think so. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. You're praying for it for months. You're, yeah. you're praying for it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's just wonderful yeah. when some guy comes up to you and says, hey, can I spend time with you? Mm. That's <laughs> it's wonderful. So I just That's hope. why relationships are so important, too, yeah. to develop relationships with, with, uh, with brothers in Christ. And then, and then out of those relationships, um, discipleship. Yeah, you can. Uh, will happen. You can yeah. kind of see who's got the goods or who needs the help, and you can, you know. I just hope coming out of this conversation, everybody is just asking everybody one way or another. Yeah. You know, people are just older women are asking younger women, That's older right. men are, you know, vice versa. Yeah, let me say this: I, I, um, <clears throat> I it, discipling is a lot of work. It's 
I like to compare it to raising children. I mean, it's, they're good, different, it's a good but it's a lot of work. Yeah. And and uh, I think I think the temptation is to look at it as being very mechanical at times. Yeah, there's some parts of it that are, or drudgery. But here's what John says in Third John. He says, I have, <laughs> I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Uh, Amen. Now, I, why would... Why would someone want to pass by the greatest joy mm. available? Why would you want to do that? Mm. There is the greatest joy in seeing someone realize truth and walk in it. Mm. There is the greatest joy. And it just, it motivates me. It motivates me. And I know it motivates many others. Yeah. So, th- this, I, there's just nothing better. No. There's really nothing no. better. I know yeah. I'm motivated. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you motivate me, brother. So, thanks for your work, and thanks for taking time today to talk to us about this. Thank you. Yeah, well, you've been listening to the Desert Springs Church podcast. If you'd like more information about what we've talked about today, discipling, um, how we can even resource you and help you and maybe make some of, some of those connections if you need it, please email us, info at dscabq.com. We'd also be happy to put you in touch with Randy Pierce, and he'll start meeting with you and reading the Bible every week. Uh <laughs> Lord willing, we'll have another episode for you next week. Until then, on behalf of Drew Hodge and Randy Pierce, my name is Chase Jacobs. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper.